0: Hey, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the My Little Eater podcast. We're on episode 48 today, which is pretty crazy. Um, That means we're going to be wrapping up season two in just another two episodes. Once we hit episode 50, we'll be wrapping up season two. We're going to take a short hiatus, maybe for a few weeks, and then we're going to jump right back into things for season three. But I just want to say thank you so much for supporting me, for supporting this podcast, for being a listener. Week after week, so many of you are always writing me and telling me how much you love the episodes, and it just means the world to me. And I thought that in order to kind of give back a little, and thank you for your support, I would run a little giveaway. So I'm going to be drawing for a $100 Amazon gift card, and all you have to do is between now and April 4th, just leave a review on Apple Podcasts for me. Just rate the podcast, leave a review, it takes all of one minute. And make sure to leave your Instagram handle in the review so that I could find you if you win. And that's it. It's super easy. And of course, there's double benefit. It helps a podcast be shared with other parents like you. And also you will enter this draw for this gift card. And I'm so happy to be able to give it away to one lucky winner. Okay, so now we're gonna dive into today's topic, which is all about if it's ever okay to limit food for your baby or your toddler. So I get questions all about, you know, when it's okay to limit portions for their child, especially when you know they are eating their food, it's their favorite food on their plate, and they finish that food. So let's just say, for the sake of making things easy, it's pasta, and you serve it with broccoli and tofu, and let's say your child only eats the pasta and asks for more of it, but you are hesitant to replenish it for them because they haven't even eaten any of the broccoli or the tofu yet, or at least not enough to satisfy you. And so you're wondering, is it okay if I limit that food for them? Do I have to replenish it for them? What are your thoughts? So I'm gonna deep dive into this answer today, but before I do, before I tell you my thoughts on it, I wanna explore the many reasons why parents feel the natural need to limit food at certain times. So our perspective as parents is probably probably something like, well, the food that they want more of is unhealthy. You know, we're not saying to our kids they can't have a little bit of something that maybe has some sugar or is maybe only, you know, full of simple carbs or, you know, doesn't have many nutrients in it. But, you know, they can't eat unlimited amounts of it because it's not healthy to have too much, right? Or maybe, you know, as a parent you're thinking, well, I know what's better for them than they do. I'm placed here to literally teach my child what they should and they shouldn't eat and what they should and they shouldn't do. So I want what's best for them and they don't really know what that is. Or maybe you're thinking, well, you know what? They're not trying any other food on their plate and I want them to have exposure and taste to the other types of food as well. How are they supposed to do that when they always eat the same food over and over? Or maybe your situation is that your child is overweight and you feel like they're gaining weight. You know, they are always asking for one specific type of food or eating more of it and they're not eating the other quote unquote healthy foods and you need to restrict them. So you feel the need to do that. Or perhaps they need to save room for the quote unquote real meal. So maybe it's snack time and you don't want to keep replenishing the food for them because you're like, well, they're not going to have enough room in their tummy for supper. So all of these are very valid reasons for wanting to limit the food. I understand why many parents would be thinking these thoughts and these are all natural thoughts for parents to have but I really want to go through each one of these thoughts and I want to dissect them for a second just to get a deeper understanding and you know really see why this actually may not be a good idea even though it seems like these thoughts make sense at the time you know sometimes as parents it's easy to react without ever stopping to think about why are we doing this, or is this even effective, let alone evidence-based in terms of a strategy? And I also find that sometimes we parent out of fear rather than from a place of trust, so I really want to dissect all of this so that we can hopefully shift our mindset around some of these thoughts. So let's start with the first one. Like I mentioned, the food that they want more of is unhealthy, in our minds at least. Okay, well, if it's something that we consider to be not very nutritious for our babies and toddlers, I'm just going to stop right there, and I want to ask, why is it served in the first place? Place. and i'm not saying by any means that you can't serve your child you know something that is a little bit less nutritious you know not as nutrient dense or something as other foods that could be out there that's not why i'm getting at i'm just want you to think about why is it there and if you felt like well i just wanted to give them a taste of it or maybe you know we were out and somebody else gave it to them that was part of the meal that they provided them well what we have to understand is that babies and toddlers don't really see it in this way like they're not thinking oh well, a little bit of this is okay, but too much of it could be not great for me. That's not what they're thinking. What they're seeing is that we're stepping in and we're controlling their side of the feeding equation. And for anybody who hasn't heard it before, perhaps you're a new listener at MLE and I just wanna go through this foundational approach that we take to feeding kids of all ages that goes a little bit like this. So we follow the theory that parents are the one to choose what food is served. Parents are the ones to choose when food is served, and parents are the one to choose where food is served, and the child is the one that chooses if they want to eat from what we've provided them, and they also choose how much to eat from what we've provided them. So there is no crossing over of these roles. We've got the parent's role of choosing what, when, and where food is served, and the child's role of choosing if and how much they want to eat. We don't influence them. They don't influence us. So if we're to have a trusting feeding relationship with our child where, you know, we're promoting that they have a healthy relationship with food, that we're preventing picky eating, and that they're having happy meal times with no bribing or pressure or restriction, which, by the way, the research strongly and clearly shows that all of those behaviors, like the bribing, the pressure, the restriction, they make picky eating worse or other problematic eating behaviors um, start to emerge or, again, become worse. And so what we need to do is we need to let go of the micromanage whether they eat you know a little bit or a lot or how much they eat or what types of foods they eat that is their realm that is their responsibility that is in their control and if you want to learn a little bit more about this theory um, you can head to the blog post that is linked in the show notes as well as a podcast episode that I've done about this both of which you can find in the show notes check them out because it is so important that you really get this feeding foundation down before really attempting any other you know picky eating strategies so at the end of the day, back to our focus, back to our role, we can prevent them from eating large amounts of food that are not nutritious by controlling the feeding schedule and what foods are served at mealtime. So let's say your child does eat too much of a food that you'd prefer them not to eat a lot of in one meal, then just don't reoffer it again for a longer period of time to balance things out, rather than restrict them, right? Also what happens is when we limit unhealthy foods, but we don't limit healthy foods, trust me that your baby or toddler will pick up on that. It basically is just telling your child that certain foods are good for you while others are bad for you and they can't be enjoyed. And the research shows that this makes kids either feel guilty about eating these, you know, quote unquote bad foods and or it causes them to see that these foods are forbidden, but also better than the food that's good, making them prefer that bad food and preoccupy themselves with that food, and in turn, will want to eat more of it when it is available. So really, overall, we're not achieving the goal that we want. Okay, now let's talk about, you know, that thought that we're the parents. We know what's better for them than they do. So if we think that we know better for them than they do in terms of how much they need to eat... I'm just going to break it to you right now that that's not true at all. When we set our children up with the right environment, with the right feeding environment. So for example, we have solid boundaries and we're carefully selecting meals. And again, we're removing pressure and we're keeping things positive. We're allowing them to explore. They can do the rest and they know how much their body needs way better than any adult knows. So remember, Again, they choose if and how much in this feeding equation. This isn't just some like woo-woo saying or this thing that we just like, you know, say willy-nilly in order to give our kids excess freedom, but truly only they know their appetites. Like how will we ever know when they are going through a growth spurt or when they are feeling sick or when their body has just, you know, slowed down in growth or when, you know, there's a whole bunch of circumstances we don't really know why sometimes they don't have an appetite, but it's so important that we allow them to tune into that appetite and listen to it because it's directly reflective of their nutrient needs. Their body, if they need more calories, their body will make them hungry, I promise you. And keep that feeding schedule, you keep things you know, um, structured in terms of their feeding environment, and they will come ready to eat if they need more. And when they don't need more, trust me, they will not be eating a lot. And we don't wanna override these cues We don't want to override these instincts. It's just so easy for us to think that children, babies, toddlers, whatever, that they are supposed to eat the same amount of food at every single meal. It's just not the case. They are rapidly growing. Like an adult, we're already full grown. We're pretty much, you know, doing the same type of physical activity every day. We're burning the same amount of calories. We're not going through any major changes in like metabolism or hormones for the most part. So that's why we kind of have the same appetite every single meal but kids they are growing like crazy different from one month to another to another so we really just can't expect that we're supposed to to say okay this is the portion that's right for you every single day every single meal so please let's just let go of that thought and let's um, understand that really they they really do know better than us we certainly of course know better than them in terms of again what food they should be served and when that's why that's our role And that's why we don't let them step into that role and take special requests for what they want to eat for dinner. Otherwise, we'd be serving them chicken nuggets and ketchup at every meal. But restricting how much they eat at mealtimes of any one type of food or a total amount of food tells the child they can't be trusted to know what's good for them. They can't trust their internal cues and that their body is broken in some way and that they need to look to external cues to tell them what's appropriate to eat and what's not. We don't want to go there. Okay, now let's dive into that third thought that sometimes we have is, well, they won't try any other food on their plate, then this is the only way I can do it is if I don't replenish their favorite food so that they'll be forced to have to try the other foods on their plate. Okay, let me tell you this, they are gonna be less likely to try that other food on their plate if what you're doing is restriction, you know, restricting them from that food, or pressuring them, or bribing them. Or perhaps they do try it and you end up bargaining bite for bite forevermore and at best, you know, they eat it, but you never teach them to like that food. And at worst, you can create an even bigger aversion to that that spirals into deeper issues at mealtime. So there are ways, I, I promise you parents, there are ways that you can get them to try other food on their plate and that's through food play and conversations and invoking a genuine interest in the food from their own accord. My feeding toddlers course, if you're interested in learning all those strategies, you can grab that course and it will teach you all of that. But if you think that you know limiting certain food is going to be the way, your ticket there, um, I, I hate to say it, but it's really not and it could potentially make things worse. Okay, the other thought that sometimes we might get is, well, my child is overweight and I can't let them continue to eat all the carbs or all the you know, pasta or all the sugar or all the whatever it is so once again i just want to go back to that idea that restriction leads to preoccupation with food if they feel deprived if they feel like they can't trust themselves their appetite they're going to learn to scarf down food when it's available when they finally do get their hands on it and no parent is there to stop them because they don't have free access to it at home and they haven't learned how to self-regulate at home so What we can do, again, control the environment versus trying to control their appetite. Look, overweight children are always looked at differently, and it's so sad. You know, they're looked at differently compared to average weight children. And we're basically, you know, giving them the message over and over again that their body's broken. Ignore your hunger cues. You can't listen to them. Again, it can't be trusted because you know, it's gonna turn on you and you're gonna continue to gain weight. When in reality, again, their body's telling them exactly what their body needs, and there are other ways, other things at play that's causing true weight gain. We also tend to, you know, treat children who are overweight differently in that, you know, we freak out if we see them enjoying a food, especially, again, if it's a quote-unquote unhealthy food, You know, think about how you'd react to an average weight child or an underweight child eating you know, two servings of ice cream versus an overweight child. It is so unfair that we could say to one child, you can enjoy this. You don't have to worry about it. You can listen to your body. You can satisfy your cravings. You can satisfy your needs, but you child over here who is overweight, you're not allowed And your body can't be trusted. That is, I mean, this, this is a podcast episode for another day. I will (laughs) definitely talk more about the stigma around weight and how to treat overweight kids and help them out in an actual healthy way. But I just want to mention and i just want to stress that really restriction is not the way to go and it could lead to more issues it's definitely not solving the problem okay finally we've got this notion that you know uh we sometimes think they need to save room at snack time for the real meal for the actual dinner for the actual lunch for the actual breakfast so so many people think that for toddlers and young preschoolers we need to place limits around the amount of food that they eat at snack time I highly disagree with this, and here is why. Young children don't always eat what they need in one meal. We know this. We know that it's so common for toddlers and babies and all these kids, even preschoolers, to skip meals, especially when, again, their growth is so rapid and when they're finicky and when they're distracted and all this stuff. So they need multiple opportunities throughout the day to be able to eat. If your snacks, though, are like meals in that, you know, they're not – They're not just empty calories, they're not just like you know, candy gummy type foods or, you know, just dry crackers or whatever. But they're more like mini meals where maybe it's like leftover chicken or pasta or whatever. And maybe um, some carrots on the side and a piece of cheese or something that is a lot more well-rounded. That is a lot more whole food based that doesn't really come in a crinkly package. Then you don't have to worry about limiting food at snack time. You know, your child can get their nutrients at snack time. Versus mealtime or at mealtime versus snack time, but the difference is they're just listening to their body and it depends on when they feel that hunger. We don't want to be like, nope, you shouldn't listen to your body here again. If you're still hungry, you've got to wait. So it's just a good idea. It's a good habit to get into serving mini meals in general. And also, again, let's go back to your role. You can choose when food is offered. So if your meals and snacks are spaced out correctly, there's no need to limit food at snack time because their tummy's actually empty within about two, two and a half hours, especially for those young, young children. So, you know, they're still gonna go into their supper meal or their lunch or whatever ready to eat. And if they are too full going into lunch after having, say, a mid-morning snack, then just, again, accept that they may not wanna eat At lunchtime, they have that prerogative. It's their role to say, I don't want to eat. You know, they choose if and how much. Remember, always remember that. So it's no biggie at the end of the day because really your meals and snacks will hopefully all be pretty close in terms of nutrient composition, they're all sort of one and the same. You know, we're not going to tell our hungry kid at 10.30am you can't fill your belly because there's a meal coming two hours from now. That's just unfair and it, it goes against raising intuitive eaters. And of course, this does not mean free-for-all snacking at any time. It does mean though scheduled times where you'd offer the food and then letting them choose how much within those scheduled times within that one sitting. And this can be confusing for a lot of people because if you think about adults or even older, Older kids, They don't really need two midday snacks. So usually like for older kids, you know, school age kids, an afternoon snack alone is fine. And then of course, as we turn into adults, to be honest, we don't really need snacks if we're eating balanced meals from Whole Foods, we should be able to, you know, take about four to five hours to digest and empty your stomach in order to um, start to feel hungry again to consume another meal. So that's probably where that notion comes from that if we're gonna have a snack, it should be small, it should just be something small to carry us over and balance our blood sugars and keep us going because maybe we didn't um, you know, eat a fully balanced meal or our body metabolism isn't working properly that allows us to go that four to five hour span where we're not eating. But for kids, for young toddlers, for babies, the digestion of food happens much quicker. Their stomach empties within two, two and a half hours. So please offer food more frequently for them and let them have their fill at each and every meal. So those are sort of all the reasons why I say, you know what, just don't limit food for them, even if they want to eat two servings, three servings, four servings of that same favorite food and not anything else that's on their plate. The nutrients that they need, they will get over time. When you are offering variety each and every time and you know how to work your meal plan over a span of a week or so, they will be getting all the nutrients that they need. Do not look at nutrition on a meal per meal basis, like really honing in on that meal and saying they should get all their nutrients within that one sitting. Okay, so now let's talk about if there's any exceptions to these. Is there really truly, Edwina, any time where you would say, but in this instance, you can limit food? And to that, I say, yes, there are. There are always exceptions to every rule. So, here are the main reasons when you can and probably should limit things. One is if there's not enough food out there, like available to you in that meal for other people. So let's say you have like four to five servings of rice on the table and your toddler wants to go for thirds or seconds and other people haven't had a chance yet to access to take some rice and put it on their plate and eat it. And if you don't have any more, what you can say to them is, you know what? We need to leave some rice for daddy to have, or we need to leave some rice for your brother to have, or whatever it is because they didn't get a chance to have any yet. That is okay. That is just literally teaching them that, you know, everyone gets some, we're going to share it, and that it's just a circumstance of what is available at that meal. Now, be careful because I don't want you to purposely put few portions out at the table um, hoping that your toddler will go for seconds of something and then you say, no, there's just none left for for other people to have. That is not what we want to do. That is not what I'm talking about here. But I'm talking about if there's genuinely not enough available at that meal. Like, for example, sometimes maybe you do have extra portions in the fridge. Um, Let's say you have some chicken breasts left over and you have some in the fridge and you have what you thought would be enough for mealtime out at the table and your child wants more of it, you can say to them you know, we have to save this for lunch tomorrow, I need to be able to make you sandwiches with that chicken, so we're not gonna be able to get any more, but you also still have, you know, the broccoli and the, you know, bread and the milk or whatever is left at the table that they can eat. And so you're redirecting them, you're not telling them to leave the table hungry, you are just telling them what is available, what options they do have, while explaining in a very matter-of-fact way why the other option isn't available right now. If you sense that there is a scarcity around it, especially long-term, that they don't really feel like they're getting that food enough, then please actually bring that food into the meal plan rotation a little bit more often because we don't want them to sense that feeling. Okay, the other reason where limiting food can make sense is if that food is expensive and you just can't afford to be giving seconds, thirds, or fourths of something. So maybe um, you purchased raspberries and they're out of season and they were an expensive purchase, but you got it as a little treat for your family. You know that, you know, your child loves raspberries and it was a difficult purchase for you, but you wanted to do it. Okay, great. What you can say is, we only have a little bit, but you can have this much now, and we can save the rest for later. Or we only have a little bit. Once you finish it, we don't have any more. But um, you know, enjoy it right now, or something like that. So again, you can you can tell them if you really want why, but I don't think it's necessary. I think it's more about just knowing why you're doing it, and your child can sense when it's you're trying to restrict them out of you wanting them to eat other things or not eat any more food. Period. Versus you know you. You just have a certain circumstance where you can't offer anymore. It's just not available. Okay, the last reason where it would be okay to limit food is let's say there is an actual health issue or maybe um, a digestive issue, or um, an intolerance around having too much of a certain food. So for example, sometimes having too much fruit can give certain kids diarrhea. If they're prone to diarrhea, sometimes that can happen. So maybe you really need to limit the fruit that's served, because they've already had like two or three portions, and they want more, but you know that that night they're going to have diarrhea. You can tell them, you know what, we can't really have any more right now, because this is going to make you feel sick later on and mommy can't let you feel sick, but I'm going to pack this away and we can have this on Wednesday or whatever day, you know, when we go to the park or something like that and tell them when the next time is that they will be able to have it so that they can expect it. They know it's not going anywhere. They know it's going to come back into the meal plan rotation, but in the meantime, you know, you're keeping them healthy. Obviously, we don't want to make them actually sick from consuming too much of something. Or maybe it's an intolerance. Like some kids, you know, might have an intolerance to, I don't know, lactose, which is very rare, by the way, for children to have. But maybe they do. And since intolerances are dose-dependent, maybe you know that they can handle a couple pieces of cheese. But if they have like a whole thing of yogurt or a glass of milk or something like that, or maybe it's just even like four pieces of cheese, that's gonna put them over the edge and it's gonna make them feel sick. So again, you're teaching them, you're educating them on how much they can have because of their health, because of the symptoms, but it's not about weight and it's not about them trying to eat other food and just having this like hidden agenda. Now, I know so many of you are going to ask me, well, Edwina, what if this food is dessert, okay? Are you telling me that I can give them or I should give them unlimited amounts of dessert if that's what we're having? So with dessert, it's a little bit different. There are some times where I would say, yes, you would give them unlimited access because we want to teach them again how to handle this. In the event that I'm not around, they're not going to always have a parent around to tell them how much is okay. They need to learn how much makes me feel sick, how much will satisfy me, what's it like to have a lot, to feel that, to experience that. That is a good learning experience. So every once in a while, yes, give them unlimited amounts. But on the regular, let's say you're offering dessert to your family a couple times a week. um, Set out a certain amount for each person and then just say, that's all we have. You know, everyone will get one portion. So it's not like they're singled out and they can't have a lot, but other people can or anything like that. It's basically just knowing that dessert is like This is how much everyone has, and then it's basically done. Now it's so much easier to do this when your children are younger. Obviously, for young toddlers, they you know it's easy to to hide things, put things away, put away the jar of cookies out of sight, out of mind. They won't know it's there. They don't know that there's more. Or again, if they do, because as they get older, they're gonna start to know. Like, okay, no, you're restricting this. Like my boys are at the point they're like ten and twelve, but even at like age seven, eight, nine, of course, they knew when I actually had more food and like more dessert. And I was just basically saying, no, we're not going to have any more. So at that point, guess what? My strategy changed and, you know, I had to start to like educate them on things and also allow them to decide for themselves what's good, how much is okay, how much again makes me feel sick. Because at that point, it's like telling an adult they can only have one piece. So it's not going to work. It's not healthy for anyone. But as young children, it's definitely a lot easier and definitely what I would recommend is just to have, you know, certain portions set out for them and then after that, it's just all we have. It's all done. Um, You could always say again, we're going to have more tomorrow and just be firm about it and don't second guess yourself. I will also say that again, if you notice at any point in time, a preoccupation with dessert a preoccupation with those sweets that's a big hint that maybe you are being too restrictive maybe you're you should allow them to have an extra you know serving every now and then maybe you should maybe bring it around on your in your meal plan a little bit more often these are all things that I talk about in a separate blog post podcast again lots of information on that if you search my blog but I will link them for you in the show notes so you can check out more information on those okay that was a lot, but I hope that that was really helpful for you. I hope you liked how I broke everything down, dissected the thoughts, dissected the reasons why limiting food in general is not something we want to do. And I would love to hear your thoughts. Again, leave me a review. You can always let me know what you think in the review section on Apple podcasts. I always read every single one. And of course it, I love to get that feedback from you that way. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you next week. Bye.